Well, hello, and welcome to the Elvery Grove podcast. Elvery Grove is an online community with its contributors based in Southern Africa. The website, blog, podcast, newsletter, and forums seek to encourage families to live lives full of wisdom, creativity, industry, and the interconnectedness of local community. Sign up to our newsletter to receive thoughtful encouragement in your inbox, alongside original poetry, rich words from gifted writers, and much more. In this week's episode, Sarah and Lebo talk about diversity, technology, and Trevor Noah's mom. Enjoy. Well, hello, and welcome back to The Book Drive. I'm hello. Sarah Spring. And I'm Lebo Chindonga. And we are, once again, sitting in the car. In the driveway. Going to the parking lot this time, overlooking a beautiful um, scene of trees and lawns. Um, and we're going to be chatting about what, chatting about what we've been reading. Yes. So, Lebo, what have you been reading? I have been reading For Delight. Uh, you may say if you've been reading For Depth, Delight or Devotion. Oh, yes. Before yes. you start. Okay, great. For Delight. Good. For Delight. Okay. I've been reading For Delight, uh, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Oh, very nice. Is it delightful? The <laughs> big question. Because <laughs> it's um, when I first saw it, I actually bought it for my husband, and then I didn't want to read it because it seemed like it was going to be too heavy. It w- I think it was delightful in some aspects. Okay, it was, good. Yeah, it's it was delightful and heavy, mm-hmm. but yeah. Oh, but by delight, I suppose also it wasn't uh, too much of a hard read. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so I got this book from the library. <gasps> I also got it from the library, actually. <laughs> Some years later, yeah. Yeah, so I got it from the library. I We go to the library every couple of weeks or whenever with the kids, and they mm-hmm. always check out books. And I was like, why don't I check out a book? Yeah. Yeah. So Usually because you're running after someone, making sure they don't pull all the books off the bookshelf. Yes, or, or somebody smaller, don't tear all the pages out of the books. Yes. But... Um, then I was like, oh, let me actually check out a book. And then I, I thought about Trevor Noah and I was like, I think this would be a fun, a fun read. Mm. Yeah. So that was very good. It was, I enjoyed it. It was so, so, um, he's, he's quite a good author actually. Mm. Well, quite, he is a writer. Exactly. Even though we don't think of him as a writer cause he's always speaking. But exactly. Yeah. He, he, he just knows how to captivate you and it doesn't matter how many seven tangents he goes off onto you will follow him on each one of them and then i love how he always brings it back together so perfectly mm. and you're like oh that's why you mm. are. that is <laughs> like, yeah very enjoyable yes, so, <laughs> which um, is how i suppose his comedy is isn't yes. it you're going for this long joke and you've forgotten <laughs> where you started because you're exactly. somewhere else and then you come back to the beginning <laughs> and i think that's also maybe what causes his crowd to erupt with laughter with mm-hmm. laughter because they're not quite anticipating the punchline Yes. You know, it yes. creeps up on them. Yes. And it catches them off guard. And then it's like, well, I always have to, like, yes. I, when I watch this stuff, I have to pause and, like, cackle. And you feel like you've been led into an inside joke because it was so long ago that it started. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. Not, so, yeah. so you can see just how strategic and sharp-minded he is, mm. especially when you read his book and you um, bring in elements of his comedy as well. So, but you know what the surprising thing was for Tell me? Tell me. <laughs> so, few chapters into this book i'm like oh my goodness i say that this is a book that honors his mother Mm. it's an honor to his Mm. mother he just writes so beautifully about his mother and he just loves his mother so much and she loved him so much and they just have this sweet relationship but um a few chapters in 
I sent to so another friend of mine had recommended the book I sent um, her message and I'm like did you pick up all the Charlotte Mason-ness of Trevor's mother (laughs) when you recommend when you read this book and she was like no actually I didn't I'm like she was hectic she looks like she was a disciple of Charlotte Mason (laughs) and I think it's so lovely to see um truths that withstand time you know it's mm. just it's just truths that have been able to be passed on for generations to generations and you don't even always need to to discover them through reading a charlotte mason book or whatever but so for those of uh, our listeners who don't know charlotte mason um what were the key things that made you think of her that she's spoken about that trevor knows mother was um What's the word? Applying? Yes. (laughs) Living. The the principles that she was living. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, Charlotte Mason, one of the the key things that she talks about is that children are whole persons, Mm -hmm. you know, and you see a lot of that, how Trevor's mom treated him like a whole person, Mm -hmm. you know, not just as... tin can to fill with all sorts of information Mm -hmm. and you know he she allowed um him to think for himself and she exposed him to good books Mm -hmm. she exposed him to nature and just um a rich life so she just um a lot of how she parented him was so much of a feast she Mm -hmm. laid a feast for trevor Mm, through books through nature Mm -hmm. through even her own life story mm-hmm. and sharing about her life and all of that. She laid a feast for him to just um, pick what he would like and, and, and just enjoy. I mean, um, one of the parts she, she talks about, he talks about how he had done something. He was mischievous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That boy was naughty. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he was so naughty and he had gotten into so much trouble. And his mom said to him, so I'm going to quote now. My mom would always say, my job is to feed your body, feed your spirit, and feed your mind. That's exactly what she did. And the way she found money for food and books was to spend absolutely nothing on anything else. Her frugality was the stuff of legend. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's beautiful. And actually incredibly profound to think, when was he born? Was it the 70s or the 80s? Early 80s, I think. Okay. He's not 40 yet. Okay, I yeah, know. I don't know. Um, just who she was and the context that she was living in and the context that the country was in. For yeah. somebody to be spending money on books is amazing vision. Seriously. <laughs> for she, life. She was subscribed. She she, she had a book subs- subscription. Oh, and then yes. every month okay. they'd get books. And and Trevor talks about how these were his treasure and he just took such good care of them and mm. he, they were always in pristine condition. Beautiful. But he just devoured them. Mm. And mm. so I was just so encouraged looking at how much a mother pours into into a, her son and, you know, to see some of the fruit of that, you mm. know, in, mm. in just the man that he is and the success that he's achieved and um, just also... The hopefulness of the book, mm. you know, mm. the, all the circumstances around that were very much um, undesirable. You know, mm. it was coming out of apartheid and her family, all, all, all the circumstances around their life were just kind of like the trajectory should just be for doom, mm. you know. Mm. But um, there was, and I think also just her relationship with 
with the Lord, which she, which he speaks about a lot, mm. you know, it also just helped them rise above that and mm. see beyond the now, see beyond all the hurt, see beyond, I don't know, is that making sense? Yeah, like, she was a real visionary. Yeah. I mean, she, the decisions that she made were not based on... Yeah, the, what was happening in her life. Exactly. Like. exactly. <laughs> she could picture something else yeah. and wait for it. Yeah, and she was, uh, what does he call her? Like, She was just like so different to mm-hmm. to the time, to the people, to mm-hmm. everything. And and she was also not restricted. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't, She he talked about how she, she never thought she was too black for anything. Hmm. You know, she never thought she was too woman for anything. Hmm. She she just thought she was. Mm. So mm. so it was really a delightful book. I really enjoyed that. It was very easy, you know, nice pick up and put down whenever and lots of laughing, of course. Did you finish it? I did, I did. Okay, good. In a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> when we last spoke, you hadn't finished it yet. Didn't I you? had a couple a, a couple other chapters to go. Okay. But yeah, so it was it was really good. And But also, the end part of it is the longest section, which is, is with the okay. stepfather and everything. Yes. Okay. So you are like deep in. You can't okay. be like, okay, I'll put this, I'll pick this up again tomorrow. Right, okay. Yeah, so that was the... the drama the, ramps up. Exactly. That end. That's where yeah. I was. Uh, that was that last little bit that was left. So it was really, really good. And... um. I also had another quote on just how rich um, his life was. She says, um, if we weren't at school or work or church, we were out exploring. My mom's attitude was, I chose you, kid. I brought you into this world and I'm going to give you everything I never had. She poured herself into me. She would find places for us to go where we didn't have to spend money. We must have gone to every park in Johannesburg. My mum would sit under a tree and read the Bible. And I'd run and play and play and play. Stuff of Charlotte Mason. <laughs> <laughs> On Sunday afternoons after church, we'd go for drives out in the country. My mum would find a place with beautiful views for us to sit and have a picnic. How so delightful. Hey? Yeah. Just such delightful living. And, yeah, and I mean, also the key theme is just how poor they were and and just how much little money they had and still that didn't define them mm. you know mm. she um the life that she created for him was not oh woe is me poor us mm. um but no she would just find a beautiful view mm. to explore a s- drive in cinema yeah <laughs> and 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 know that that was a very worthwhile thing to be doing. Exactly. A good way to be spending your time and a good place to take your child. Yeah, and exactly. When I'm sure there were a lot of, as there are now, pressures of like how to keep a child busy, all the things to give them to make them successful, all the things to let them try their hand at, like all the things to um, yeah, keep them entertained. I yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he's a he's a good thinker. It was it was great to just get a glimpse of some of his thoughts and just um, enjoy the book. Uh, How did you process all the heaviness of the realities of South Africa that are ongoing difficulties for um, many people? <laughs> yeah, I think it was um, there was a certain familiarity to it. So mm-hmm. so I wasn't shell shocked. Okay. I wasn't in reading the book, which I, some audience, some people may be shocked to actually discover these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the um, so I wasn't shell shocked, but I think it's it was just 
I don't know, because of his comedy, he he didn't he put it there for you to process, but he didn't leave you heavy laden and burdened by the situation and the circumstances. His mm. writing was very balanced in that way. Mm, mm. And I think because of the um, the biographical nature of the book. Is that a, is it, can you say that? Biographical? I think so. <laughs> say it anyway. Biography, biographical. Yes, it is. <laughs> biographical. Because of the biographical <laughs> right. nature of the book, it did, um, yeah, make you focus more on him, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it, it was a bit to think about, and some of some of the things are still a reality now, and that's sad. Mm-hmm. And um, but also we've come a long way since, mm-hmm. and that was also nice to see. Mm-hmm. You know, like in his time, mm-hmm. I mean, reading all of that. I mean, uh, he's much older than me, so all of that is very foreign to me. The his childhood, the, things he, of his childhood. Yes, uh, sometimes some some aspects of his childhood. Okay, you know? yeah. So it's like, oh, I never actually went through that. Okay, you yeah. Know, by the time I was born, we had already um, come maybe a little bit more out of that, mm-hmm. or yeah. So it was well balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, heavy enough to let you think, but not to put you down yes, yes. yeah so. i found it um an incredibly helpful book just from a history point of view of south africa and i think it was so in the true. first few chapters i thought yeah, i didn't know any I of know, this right <laughs> didn't i do all of my school in this country or one nearby to it and like how have i not known these basic things about I, the history of south africa i also learned so much yeah it was i so learned good. so much i would say it's a must read for all south africans I, or people living in south africa i back that yeah I back that. It is so insightful. Mm-hmm. And there was so much that I also like didn't know. Like a big picture and small picture. Yes, you know, like exactly. These were the movements of people and these were how individuals were affected by it yeah, ongoing. And yeah. Past. yeah. And I love the, I love in the short essays that before each chapter, mm-hmm. uh, I love how he, he's always poking holes at the system of racism. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it challenges oneself too. Mm-hmm. Because to some extent we do have racial biases yeah definitely and so when you read that and you just see how he's poking holes at them at every corner and like just ridiculing them you just kind of like actually yeah what what's that about yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think um what we're not used to i guess i have to be careful maybe how to say this because maybe it's a reflection of myself rather than the literature that's available but somebody really understanding South Africa from many different sides and writing well yes, about it yes <laughs> absolutely absolutely okay. because it's always one sided yeah yes because yeah. a few years ago I read Miriam's song okay and I that was also that. a biography mm-hmm. by what was this you put in the show notes okay we'll figure it out later <laughs> But um, it was it was also about a family that lived in Alexander, mm-hmm. and um, that one shook me. Okay. Because it was so foreign. Okay. To anything. I mean, I grew up in Limpopo, mm-hmm. for like villagey, small town, whatnot, mm-hmm. life to, in the city, and all of these. As Trevor also explains very well in the book, mm-hmm. the difference mm-hmm. between the homelands, between mm-hmm. the you know the the um, townships and all of that. So when I read that, I was so shocked by it. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it was just so one-sided you know Mm. and i mean it was really great for me and i enjoyed the book not all stories can be exactly all sides (laughs) yes i think it's a unique but you're used to just reading 
kind of heavy things or like light things that are ignoring heavy things. Yes, or, exactly. So it was a really amazing balance, like what, kind of what it feels like to live in South Africa yeah. in a lot of ways where you've got this tension of these very difficult things, but a lot of hopefulness as well and a lot of good things happening. And Exactly. But yeah. also a lot of difficult things <laughs> so continuing it was, to happen. It was well, it was well balanced, mm. well balanced and 360 if you could call it that. Um, it's also interesting thinking about um, his mom being uh, Charlotte Mason inspired. Um, now Charlotte Mason, um, although she has pioneered a few things, I think really saw herself as somebody who was just writing down um, good ideas that came before her or that she was reinforcing um like well we've noticed these things are genuinely are, are universally good and she was looking for is there a universal law to education and the way people can learn and it's so wonderful to read her works and then find like oh I was doing that yeah I was thinking that exactly and, <laughs> and not because it's some kind of uh, I don't know weird connection but just because it's the truth of the world. Exactly. And, yeah. and so she wrote it down for us. That's the time. Categor- that... Categorically wrote it down for us in a way that can make sense for modern living. Yeah. Um, and But then we shouldn't be surprised when we find anybody everywhere has discovered that reading a book in a park with a child is a good thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> exactly. Like spending money on stories is a good place it's to spend worth, money. It's worthwhile. And it's like worth, yeah, trying to have true. outings outside that don't cost money is a good life philosophy <laughs> yeah so that that's exactly it the celebration mm. of that mm. you know to mm. be able to say oh wow this and is- that it's not a homeschool thing or no, a one culture that, thing oh, or that, like, actually uh, that's what i was gonna say that okay. i forgot it was uh, <laughs> because like there was probably no homeschooling at that time and yeah whatnot. and everything yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> so in that time there was, especially with when he was starting to go into the private schools and the multiracial schools and whatnot, oh, yes. yeah. the school system was everything. Mm. Mm. The school system was just like, this is your ticket out, buddy. And yes. this is how you yes. are going to be catapulted into a different trajectory and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she was not reliant on the system exclusively. Mm. She still poured so much mm-hmm. into him mm-hmm. as a mother mm. and and so that was also the the key thing that i was just um enjoying was that it doesn't matter how great the school system is and all of that there's just so much that we do as moms that mm. nobody could ever fill that mm. and that, that was position a huge child thing too she exactly. was like the parents need to understand <laughs> they actually are the primary educators even if they're spending exactly. many hours being taught maths yeah. or whatever by somebody else so that was like, also very beautiful to mm. just see how how invested and also at that time because of the nature of family dynamics and all of that, many parents didn't necessarily have that leisure or that mm. vision or mm. that investment into mm-hmm. their children. You know, mm. it could have been just, uh, it's much better you go off to school. Well, the same and as now, really. Actually, <laughs> the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm. So, so um, just for that time as well, it was really encouraging to see just how committed she mm-hmm. was because he even talks about how lots of parents would then send their children to um grandmothers or to mm. people in the homelands mm. where where the cost of living was much less and they could mm-hmm. be taken care of while they earned the money mm. to do that so it was not just financial 
uh, investment or I'm taking care of your fi- your material needs mm, mm. to grow your spiritual mind and your body. Mm. So beautiful. What's your yes. name? Patricia. Patricia. Well, thank Patricia. you, Patricia. Oh yes, I love her. I love what a, I've been what a inspiring her. woman. Oh, saying to my husband, you know, Trevor knows. Mum said <laughs> these three things. <laughs> Trevor's mum. Trevor. Even this morning, I was like, ah, oh, and Trevor's mum did this. <laughs> I feel like she's my Your new friend. friend. <laughs> you need to track her down. I'm sure you can. <laughs> and just be like, hello. <laughs> I read your book. <laughs> I read your book. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can we be friends? <laughs> I should have gone to his shows. He was touring currently. Maybe was. she was there. Oh, I wonder. Yeah. What parks did you go to? <laughs> Are they still open? Did <laughs> he still go there? Yep, that's my read. That's lovely. Yes. I've heard that there's a uh, like a kids version. As yes, well. a young readers version. Yes. I Do you know about yeah. it? No, I've seen Julia Brave Right, Brave Julia on on the Instas. Okay. Um, promoting it for okay. for um world history and stuff like that. Oh really? Yes, okay. it was so cool to oh, see nice. that. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Okay. Oh, quite a while back. So there is a young readers version. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything much about it. Okay. But I reckon it maybe may have less of the flavorful language. Right. And certain mm-hmm. incidents. And yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just more PG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for sharing about that. Yes, your turn now. Are you reading for depth, devotion, so, and delight? Oh, well, all three in one book. Oh, that's that a best? good book. <laughs> that's the best book. <laughs> so I thought I was going for depth um, and found it wonderfully delightful and entertaining and um yeah a bit of devotion in there too because it is meditating on certain scriptures and things like that so i'm reading tony reinker i think that's how you say his name rinky rinky rinker rinky tony rinky oh rinky all right him I'm reading one of his books and I was especially excited to read this book because I heard about it a long time ago. I think he wrote it during COVID and then I listened to an interview with him about it and that it was coming out in 2021 or something and um, yeah, couldn't get hold of it and well, just wasn't available here yet and then found it on Scribd (laughs) when I signed up. Um, So that was just so delightful to be able to find it and finally read it. Um, So he has two other books that I know of. One is 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You, Mm, which I um, I haven't read, but we did a kind of lecture series through it and was so excellent. And another one called Competing Spectacles, Mm. which I also haven't read, but my (laughs) husband read it and great principles there um, just about attention economy. Mm. So really, really good food for thought, um, incredibly helpful, relevant um, meditations on the world we live in at the moment and where the Bible comes in. So what I am reading, though, is called God, Technology and the Christian Life. Um, and it's all about technology, and um, I'm not—I'm only halfway through, <laughs> but I must talk about it <laughs> because it is so good, and also because I've got so many notes already that I feel like I don't know how I would just get through um, a discussion about it, having read all of it, because I really just have so much to say. So we're gonna have a second episode where we talk about part two. Yes, of- that's a good idea. You can find another biography. You can read his second book. Doesn't Trevor ever have another book out now? Does he? I, I don't think know. So. Or he was writing another one really? maybe there's one coming I feel like I read somebody after I read Border Crime I'm like there must be more <laughs> and I think I saw because I wanted to know like what has his yeah, life in America exactly. been like and 
I think there's one coming, or ah. there is one out. We will search and see. Check and then we'll have part two. <laughs> yes, we will do that. Um, yeah, so he is writing about technology. And um, what I love about him is that he's an incredibly hopeful writer. Mm. So he does not shy away from very heavy topics like nuclear weapons and destruction around technology and is the Lord in control of all these things. He asks those questions mm. and answers them. It's really profound. So if you have any uh, doubts about the Lord's hand in mass destruction at at the, um, not hands, what's the word, at the button? from technology basically <laughs> like there's um, beautiful thoughts there about it but um, in the beginning it is so amazing because he um, opens the scene on the Tower of Babel mm. and talks about cement and tar and why tar matters so much and it's just so interesting and so I think that's where the delight comes in it's yeah. just like just brought the Old Testament alive in a way that I had never heard before and I really feel like I've had it brought alive to me before. So this was just a whole new level of of um, just the living book quality <laughs> to the Old Testament. Um, and so that was amazing. Yeah. And just looking at historically what that would mean, like why it seems weird that they built tar. But actually all these people who are building that had just witnessed or were in the family, immediate family line of people who are alive through the ark. And that was made with tar and um, wow. all these. Yeah, it's really good. It's really amazing. Um, and then he, the, one of the points that is so beautiful and has been so helpful to me and especially living in South Africa where we, uh, celebrate diversity so much um, is that he said so we have this incident in Babel where the languages are confused and he said that shouldn't have been a problem because even if you're speaking two different languages you can still come to a common agreement on this is brick move it here yes. put it there but um, he um, he explains that when God introduced language he introduced culture which means he introduced ways of thinking oh, wow and so it wasn't that they couldn't communicate it was that suddenly there were a thousand ways to build a building oh. <laughs> and that is why building construction stopped immediately <laughs> because no one would agree because they're just too many different thoughts of how was everybody was thinking the same way there was one way to build it but now you've introduced a myriad of opinions into the picture and no agreement can can be settled on and so that he just explores that a little bit in how cultures are around the world you know build their houses some round some yeah. tall some flat some pitched roofs some, and just how um yeah the thinking is was different thinking was introduced through language um and that language is is such a um a a tool in thinking you know and if we look at cultures there's just so many different ways of thinking not just and and you know with speaking many languages and actually Trevor Noah speaks about this he talks about having different personalities in different languages yes, yeah. you, there's different <laughs> and it's so it's, it's so true and you can't just translate one thing to yeah, another because no. it's a different way of thinking <laughs> um, and that's coded into language and that's so beautiful and he uses an example about how an American airline um, introduced a facial recognition system and the people of America loved it. It was super convenient. They didn't have to get out 
things to scan. They were really happy. But kind of at the same time, um, there were uh, cameras in China that were um, uh, defaced and dismantled by the public because they didn't want to be... Um, it was a threat to have facial recognition. Um, so just these two opposite thinkings. And so he speaks about how um, God introduced this diversity of thinking to protect us from ourselves. Oh, and how if we were all on the same page with thinking, mm. I mean, which is the Tower of Babels, like yeah. they're going to destroy <clears throat> themselves, like us, they, yes. nothing will stop them. Um, so that's just one part of um, the book. <laughs> One little thought like, of many, <laughs> many. That's why I feel so overwhelmed trying to speak, trying to speak about the book because that's just one like portion of one chapter. And um, but it's interesting because we've always been so encouraged to celebrate diversity, and now yes. there's a huge push towards homogeny. Is that the right homogenous thinking? Yes. Like there's a thinking, small yeah. group of Americans who really want us to think a certain way and are gonna do are really working hard to get everybody to think the same way and um it was just so wonderful and refreshing to think what a disaster if we all thought the same way if we all built things the same way if we all um cooked the same way um so yeah so it was it was a beautiful um and freeing thing we've yeah i felt like there's just been a lot of encouragement through our lives to uh, make peace but that sort of means compromising on ways of thinking or yeah. getting to the best way of thinking where like Actually, there's a lot of ways to build a good building, yeah. you know, and depending on where you are and the resources that you have and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, And different is good. Yes, that's the thing, like celebrating the diversity in a way that's not trying to make it all come down to one commonality. Yes. But you go, oh, I think this way and that's okay. I can be confident in my way of thinking and I can see somebody else's thinking that's different yes. to mine and be healthily challenged by it but not... Uh, like threatened by it yes you know, exactly it's not trying to threaten it's just a different way of thinking because homogenous thinking desires that we all think the same way because I'm threatened by what you think yes basically yeah um, yeah so that was one thing the other thing is that he looks at many people in history um, living and uh, dead <laughs> having lived <laughs> and their thoughts and technology so he goes from Wendell Berry do you know Wendell yes, Berry, Wendell Berry yes. to Elon Musk yeah. and like compares wow. all their sure. things so Elon Musk, he sort of summarizes as like, tech is going to save us. And yes. then Wendell Berry is like, tech is our death. Yeah. And <laughs> he's looking Long in potatoes. between and trying, yeah, trying to find things in between. So um, I'm just going to share a few quotes um, from us. I feel like I'm doing such a bad job of speaking about it because it's so excellent. And there's so much in it and so much to unpack. Um, but let me, let me try with the first quote. Okay, one of the promises God made to Israel about the promised land is that in Israel's boundary, his people would find everything necessary for their flourishing. The promised land would flow with milk, honey, bread, olives, and it would also flourish with iron above ground and copper in ground. God loves to gift his people with lands loaded with great quantities, quantities of irons and iron bronze. But God also knows that these blessings can threaten to replace him. Mm. So he cautioned the people, beware, lest the comforts you create for yourself with these metal technologies cause you to forget me and my goodness to you in these gifts. We abuse technology when we forget the giver who gave us all these material blessings in the first place. Mm. Mm, that is so good. And so so his part two of that. <laughs> 
We show gratitude to the giver by refusing become, to become addicts to mm. the gifts. Instead, we pray for the wisdom to use his gifts in a spirit of Godward gratitude and restraint as the precious things he has blessed us with, like the smartphone and the potential digital access we have to one another. We are not called to find our comfort in controlling this world. Life isn't about embracing every comfort and controlling every variable. If personal comfort is the driving motivation in your adoption of technology, it is a worship-killing trap. Hmm. But all the technologies that make our lives more comfortable, dishwashers, air conditioners, safe cars and electrified cities, these remain tremendous gifts from God. And He gets the glory for patterning creation so these gifts can be ours. So we pray. God, break me free from the idols of comfort and fill me with God-centered awe for the gifts in this world that you have given me to use and enjoy. All the patterns and possibilities in creation are divine gifts which we must steward carefully. Hmm. Last one. <laughs> Much of technology emerges from this desire to transcend nature, to mm. be freed from fallen mm. circumstances around us. Mm. Technology is a way for us to say, we don't really fit here. We must escape. We should storm heaven or at least attempt to colonize Mars. <laughs> yeah, so um, I feel like I, there's just so many more things to say because it's just so wonderful. Um, he speaks about uh, David as a sniper. And um, Goliath is ready for frontline battle and that they were different things. And so it talks about the tech of, of um, sling and stone. precision sure. uh, weaponry over mass uh, destruction weaponry. My goodness. Yeah, it's so beautiful. So sure. it's like this amazing back and forth between the technology that we see in the Bible, how it's used, how it's mm. spoken of, what it meant historically for the time and where we are now. And is God in control of our digital tech age and how is he and where is he and yeah sure that was really great um one of the things he said it's a quote from somebody in silicon valley who said they described themselves as a tech optimist but a tech minimalist in oh, usage yes all the silicon valley people are tech minimalist yeah and all of them don't actually even Typically. yeah they yeah. don't even have as much tech as what you would be led to believe. Yeah, like don't have iPads for the kids. Yes, and, and all like of that. that, yeah. Yeah. So that's very interesting, that a tech minimalist. Yeah. And I think that's exactly that sweet spot of, I use it for what I need it for, but I don't use it to become what I'm not. Yes. Or to try and escape. Oh, even like the, uh -huh. the effects of sin. Yes. So he speaks about how we use technology to push back the effects of sin. So like amazing medical technologies and advances and things like that. And that's a wonderful gift from Which God is, that yeah. we can... Um, yeah, do farming more efficiently and um, yeah, push back the effects of sin basically yeah. through tech. But yeah. um, as soon as you, you're worshipping the tech and the comfort, mm -hmm. then you're missing the point and then um, it's become an idol. Mm. Hmm. So my question is, what tech do you use in your life that you really love? I, what tech do I use in my life? I have a love-hate relationship with my phone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I probably all do. <laughs> I really love my dishwasher, <laughs> yes. my washing machine, <laughs> and my car, and um, my electrified house. And your electrified house. And solar power. And, uh, <laughs> I was about to say, actually, we should be celebrating solar power because yeah. load shedding is like, hey. 
<laughs> so yeah <laughs> um it's amazing been amazing to get solar power in the time of load shedding and knowing that it's an incredible privilege to be able to do that mm. but what it became really apparent to me was okay well how can i be fruitful with this power that we have yeah. you know with this power that my neighbor doesn't have and um yeah it's been a lovely kind of re readjustment in my thinking to power and having power obviously we're all thinking through having power and not having power at the moment and actually actually seeing it as a gift whereas before it was just a given thing but now i'm like very aware that the fact that our lights are on is a gift for us and not um something to be taken for granted that's been really good yeah that's that's good that's so good thank you so much for sharing and we can't wait to hear more about this book um, maybe you should have a solo podcast when you do that one. I'll just sit so and just read, read it. aloud. <laughs> like we make this joke every week. Just read all the quotes that I that I had. And from um, the quotes, read the book. And from the book, read the chapter. Yeah, uh, just go read the whole book. It's really, really good. But really, um, you know, I think we're all, we have found ourselves in the unique position of kind of being the first generation of parents who didn't grow up with as much tech but are using it now and now need to figure out how to teach our children to use it but we don't even really know how to control ourselves and are finding all these difficulties that we didn't even know there and the one really scary fact is that tech is is being developed many more times faster than the research can catch up Mm, you know so you've got kids who have had their whole life with screens and then you're like find out that this is just the most terrible thing for their eyes and their brains and their communication and it's well that was their childhood it's gone um so if anybody is yeah it's just full of wisdom for that kind of thing and full of good ideas full of hopeful insight but really um uh addressing important issues that need to be addressed yeah and how to not be um a slave to your tech basically <laughs> yeah has it made any changes for how you use tech or or, or in your house or mm. just tech yeah so i think just being aware of it and aware of it as a gift is the first thing because that's always a huge mind shift that's always going to have a big impact on how you use yes, or treat anything some, yeah. or Thanksgiving person changes yes. like yeah and also just really open my eyes to the fact that um like tech is from the lord like all these advancements are from him and we couldn't get there he just has some beautiful interesting timelines about when things were discovered and how um certain uh, um, like food stuffs had within it it's difficult to explain now so we've got old old scriptures that speak about threshing and different farming techniques yes. in the old prophet that he said like you would only have learned from engaging with that corn yes. that this is the way to harvest it that this is the way to pound it so it's like the world in itself is encoded with the tick mm. because as you engage with the corn oh. you realize oh we need okay i'm gonna get wrong because i don't anything about corn farming but like <laughs> we need a fingered tool we need a crushing yes. tool we need it and it's through engaging with the world that is encoded with all this information that the um, information covers out like having microscopes and being able to see microbes and learning about pasteurization and all that kind of stuff so that's so amazing i love um, it encoded in the yeah that's just another incredible thing that he um unpacks like that it's all from him it's all from his uh uh, thinking and grand design Mm. so sorry i thought you were going to end there but i had more to say (laughs) (laughs) we could
Kristen Ruby in now. <laughs> yes, and that's so it. We're super thankful for these microphones and for podcasting. There we go, tech, celebrating tech. My computer that I'm going to use later to edit this and to broadcast. And it's so amazing and so wonderful. And just seeing it all as a gift is really just all. And then I think that way you can really sift out what's working that's and what's true. taking from you. That's true. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks for chatting. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more content like this, visit www.elvierygrove.org.